You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and I also write for the LA Football Network, and we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons during our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly. And now this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, we're definitely still in the whirlwind of the Chargers coaching news and Brandon Staley being named the Chargers head coach. And we're going to keep getting into that today as we have a special guest as Ryan DeRude, who covers the Rams and the Chargers for the L.A. Football Network, is going to join the show to talk about, you know, some of the things that make Brandon Staley special. If he's worried about Justin Herbert and potentially some players from the Rams who are entering free agency that the Chargers could try to target this season now that he's the coach. But before that, we're going to get into the first coaching staff hire that we've seen from Brandon Staley, and it is actually a Raiders coach, their tight end coach, Frank Smith, who's going to be taking over the Chargers as their run game coordinator. So we'll talk about that, and we'll also talk about the fact that we still haven't gotten any official word on whether or not Shane Steichen and Pep Hamilton will be back. But there have been some saying that the Chargers knew going into it that they wanted a defensive coordinator so they could keep those guys in place. But we haven't heard anything in any official capacity yet. So let's go ahead and get into it. Chargers new head coach Brandon Staley made the first move on Monday to add to his coaching staff when he decided to bring in the Raiders tight end coach Frank Smith and bring him into the Chargers to be their run game coordinator. And this was a little bit interesting just because the Chargers actually didn't have a run game coordinator with Anthony Lynn last year, which seems weird because you would think Anthony Lynn of all people would want a running game coordinator. But this report was coming from Paul Gutierrez and Vic Tafur from The Athletic. Paul Gutierrez is from ESPN. He had the initial report saying that Smith is a huge influence on pro bowler Darren Waller, who honored his position coach with a coaching core game changer award last year. So they were a big fan of him. But Victor Four from The Athletic also just said that he will be the run game coordinator. So, David, this is a very interesting hire from Brandon Staley. They did work together back in their Chicago days, but now the Chargers have added it. their first member of Brandon Staley's coaching staff. Yeah, definitely. A, a great hire here. I mean, it's important that Brendan Staley brings in people that he's familiar with and not a surprise whatsoever, bringing in somebody he worked with on the Bears staff. So, I mean, a run game coordinator is definitely interesting. I mean, you, you know, you want to add add people and add coaches that are going to be able to improve. Uh, and although the Chargers had a running back as a head coach, their running game wasn't that great. I mean, especially last year. So maybe bringing in, bringing in a run game coordinator that that can come in and really be more efficient and and bring some better production from the run game would be a welcome change for the Chargers. Yeah, and Frank Smith is another young coach who the Chargers are bringing in. And what they said about Brandon Staley is he wants to bring in innovative minds that are going to push him defensively and try to get the most out of him and it definitely seems like he's trying to do that with Frank Smith who had a big part in Darren Waller's career also you know coach Zach Miller Martellus Bennett Jared Cook to his only Pro Bowl season I mean there's a lot of things there that make a lot of sense as far as him being productive with the players that he has under him and now 
you might be wondering, well, why is this guy taking over the run game coordinator if he's a tight end coach? And I would just say that these guys change positions all the time. It's all a hierarchy. They're always making their way up. And the first place where he got his start was actually with the New Orleans Saints, where he was an assistant offensive coach and also the assistant offensive line coach there for five seasons between 2010 and 2014. So he will also be an assistant to the Chargers offensive line unit with James Campen, who is still technically on the Chargers coaching staff and will be their run game coordinator. And I think this is just him starting to build a very deep roster of talent in his coaching staff. But I do think it is, you know, very helpful to get someone like him who also has experience with the offensive line. And according to the Raiders.com on his profile, when he was the offensive assistant line coach with the Saints, they only allowed 143 sacks during his tenure, which was third fewest in the NFL during that span. So it definitely doesn't hurt to have some more coaching along the offensive line as well. Not at all. And maybe he can bring in some guys that are, are going to be able to or, or identify some guys that are going to be able to bring some better production for the offensive line. We all know that uh, the Chargers offensive line has not been very good the last couple of years, and there's going to be some changes that need to be made. So with his experience, maybe he's going to be able to help uh, scout out some talent, help Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley bring in some guys that are going to be able to protect their young quarterback, Justin Herbert, uh, because we all know that he needs some time to be able to go out there and do what he does best. Yeah, and Smith was an offensive lineman himself uh, playing for the Miami of Ohio in college. He actually blocked for Ben Roethlisberger there, so that's a pretty funny connection. But I do think this is obviously someone he's familiar with and obviously a guy who he thinks is ready for a bigger role inside of an offense. So the interesting thing about this is, is we really don't know the fates of Shane Steichen and Pep Hamilton yet, but Michael Lombardi was on a Pat McAfee show and talked about the fact that among coaching circles, it was thought the Chargers were trying to go with a defensive-minded head coach so that they could keep a lot of their offensive guys in place. We have seen those guys connected to different jobs. Pep Hamilton and Shane Steichen were both mentioned as a part of someone that the Seattle Seahawks could be trying to target as far as their offensive coordinator position. Pep Hamilton was also linked to the Miami Dolphins offensive coordinator position potentially. So we haven't seen any movement on the offensive side. And now, David, we're just kind of wondering, is the Chargers organization trying to force Shane Steichen and Pep Hamilton onto him? And I think... As this roster fills out, if we start seeing new coaching hires, if they hire a new offense coordinator, obviously, yes, he gets to pick his own staff. But we'll see if Tom Telesco is true to his word that he will have the final decision on it. Yeah, it is a little alarming to hear some reports like that, that, you know, potentially they're bringing Brandon Staley in as a head coach so they can, you know, keep the offensive staff together. I, I just think that it's a little bit – it would contradict what Tom Telesco said when he when he explicitly told the media that the new head coach would be able to bring in and hire their own staff and also would really kind of go against the words of the owner who said he was looking for an innovative type of head coach. I mean, an innovative type of head coach needs to be able to bring his guys in to be able to execute that that dream and execute that vision. So hopefully, you know, he, Brandon Staley has the final say. And if he talks to Shane Steichen and Pep Hamilton and says, "Hey, these are guys I think that I that are going to that are going to challenge me and that I think can continue Justin Herbert's ascension," then I'm okay with it. But I, it has to be his decision, right, Daniel? I mean, it has to be him saying, "I want to keep these guys," not him being forced to keep these guys. It should be his decision and his decision alone. 
Well, and that's what I was saying before the show. I mean, if Brandon Staley wants them, that's fine. But it's hard to say that he went in there with that plan when, you know, everyone's talking about the detailed plan he came in with in these interviews as far as what he wants to do with Justin Herbert and the offense. I'm sure he, while building his staff in his head before this, because obviously, you know, he's planning on trying to get one of these jobs as he's interviewing for them. I'm sure he had somebody in mind. And obviously, the Rams offensive coordinator has been a hot name for that who would get to come over and call plays because he doesn't currently under Sean McVay. So obviously, if a hire like that happens, we'll kind of know our answer. But right now, they only hired someone who the Chargers didn't really have a spot for last year anyways. He didn't take anyone's job Frank Smith didn't so it still is very interesting I definitely don't want the organization to force Pep and Shane Steichen onto Brandon Staley but at the same time I mean obviously if he wants it the connection with Pep and Justin Herbert both of those guys played a part in his development I just want it to be cohesive and it's hard to say if he's not bringing in his own guy if that for sure is going to work out and I think he should have all of the say on who he wants to be on this offensive coaching staff. But we do have two more segments to get into because Ryan DeRude from the LA Football Network is going to be joining us to talk about Chargers new head coach Brandon Staley and talk about some of the players and coaches he could try to poach from the Rams, what's so special about Brandon Staley and what the Chargers should be worried about or not worried about offensively with Justin Herbert coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. If you guys went and bet on Brandon Staley, you got a nice little payout from betonline.ag. That was definitely some good odds on him. Hopefully, you guys take advantage of that. And if you guys don't already, make sure you get in on the action before football season ends. There's only a couple of weeks left of the playoffs, really just two more weekends. So if you guys want to find the best spreads, the best prop bets, and everything else, the best place to go is betonline.ag because it's the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. And right now, they're going to give you some free money because if you go to betonline.ag and you make a free account, you can use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. That's free money right now, guys. What are you waiting for? Head on over to betonline.ag and get that free money with the promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. All right, guys, back here with the special guest that I told you guys about coming on the show with us, an expert in all things LA football and the founder and CEO of the LA Football Network. Obviously, where I write, technically, this is my boss, but he also hosts the LA Football Podcast for the Believe Podcast Network as well with Frosty Rucker. If you guys haven't checked that show out before, it's definitely worth your time because it doesn't get much more central than L.A. football, and that's all you're going to find there. But, Ryan, I know, obviously, you were one of the first people that I saw talking about Brandon Staley before he kind of came up as a hot you know, coordinator that some other teams were interviewing. You were out there saying, hey, the Chargers should look into this guy. So, uh, usually, the question would be is, you know, why are you surprised the Chargers picked up Brandon Staley but in this case I'll ask you why you weren't surprised when the Chargers decided to sign him on as the head coach yeah well first of all David Daniel thanks for uh having me on uh I've had you on a few times Dan I don't I think this is my first time on your show so I'm excited to uh to grace the airwaves on the locked on Chargers there you go home and home so happy to be here but uh yeah man I I extremely excited about this hire um Brandon Staley is a guy that uh just as soon as he came to LA as soon as he was brought on the staff by Sean McVay you could just tell there was something different with this dude. Uh, just extremely intelligent. The way he communicates is just, um, you know, I, that's been one of McVay's strengths. Just the way, if you watch a press conference from Sean McVay, he calls every reporter by name. He's very uh, kind of like, like a buddy almost. And I don't know, maybe some people might find that as a dumb reason to hire someone. But there's a level of communication 
that Brandon Staley does as well. That's just a better form, and it's not that like hierarchy of coach speak. He he te- speaks to everyone on a level playing field. I think that's why his players responded to him so well. It's that like respect level, and then obviously the the guy knows defense. The guy knows football. The guy knows schemes and packages, which I'm sure we'll get to later. But um, so he was a guy that literally a. Th- three or four weeks into the season when I saw the transformation of the Rams defense from week one against Dallas to week uh, like three in the second half against Buffalo. Um, I was like, okay, this is something special. And then as it progressed, I was like, this guy's going to be head coach. Like I didn't know it would be necessarily after one year, but I was like two years. And just that with the history of how coaches are getting poached from Sean McVay's tree, it seems like every off season, I figured he'd have a good shot. And uh, with the chargers, um, so Frosty and I were one of the few people that were still kind of behind Lynn for most of the year. Probably one of the only ones. Uh, we just, you know, it, I think what what I'm blessed with of co-hosting with a guy that's been in the league is he can kind of shed some light on some more that goes into coaching and a lot of it that us as, and I, I include myself in this, but us as like couch coaches are like, oh, he doesn't do this well, doesn't do this well. Well, I, you know, Frosty would say a lot, you know, that's not technically, obviously it falls on the head coach, but the, there's guys a next to him that are making those calls, making those decisions. Anthony then just takes the fall, takes the heat for all of it. So we were like, you know what? He's a good guy. The team hasn't quit on him. But it got to the point in the season where the fans had completely lost face. They, they had to make a move. I mean, it was regardless of what we felt to land, they had to make a move for the sake of the franchise, for the future of the program. And uh, so that's when I was like, Brandon Staley just makes all the sense in the world because one of the biggest faults of this you know, Chargers team was the defense and the collapses in the second half. Well, Brandon Staley and the Rams didn't do that. Everyone knows Sean McVay's record undefeated when leading at halftime, and a lot of that is thanks to what this defense did. They gave up uh, in the entire season nine touchdowns in the second half. So the defense just got stronger as the game went on, and so that, I think, it just will be a completely different look for what the Chargers team uh, was last year, or I guess, yeah, technically last year, and what they'll be going forward. And so that's why I think it's a a perfect fit, and I'm just excited now to see the staff he builds. But... uh, uh, home run higher, I think, in my opinion. Well, we've all seen the Chargers collapse just tragically in the second half of games. So hearing that little tidbit is definitely something that we hope comes to the Chargers. But in reading about Staley, it seems like he really gets the most out of his players. And, you know, a lot of his players really love him for that. Many people close to him even say that he's a genius. What do you think about him that makes him such a special coach? Yeah, I think, uh, like I mentioned, the communication factor, um, I think uh, that really helps players buy in. Uh, there's a lot of like coaches that are like the raw, raw coach, you know, amp guys up. And then there's the coaches that are like the, the coach speak hierarchy. And then there's the coaches that are like kind of your buddy that you, you can just, you know, communicate with and talk with. And that's Brandon Staley. So that that's part of it. Um, and then also just his, his knowledge. I mean, he's just a smart guy. I know McVeigh said there was a quote from McVeigh saying, uh, when I interviewed Brandon Staley, I thought to myself, this guy might be sicker than me in, in the fact of his film study and his dedication to football. And so that's saying a lot when, you know, all the stories of Sean McVay can repeat plays from decades ago. So when he finds a guy that can do that at the same level, if not more than him, that says something about his just football IQ. Uh, and there's another story when he first uh, interviewed with John Carroll, which was his job before he came to the Bears with Vic Fangio. And as soon as he entered the room and five minutes in the interview, the coach said the the search was done. He was he was the coach. Um, so there's just something about the aura of Brandon Staley, the way he um, dissects plays and schemes plays and puts players in a position to succeed that uh, it just speaks volumes. And obviously we saw it on the field as the Rams finished number one in defense. I know uh, it didn't end well at the Packers. I, I've said this, you know, I've been on a few shows and said this constantly to Chargers fans. Don't grade a body of work on one game. Um, that'd be like all of a sudden deciding you're going to just 
draft Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence because he had a better game in the uh, whatever bowl that was in the in the semi in the semifinals. So, um, you know, tough game for them, but I think the body of work speaks for itself. Even though it's not a huge resume, um, it's pretty uh, inspiring nonetheless. So, uh, but yeah, roundabout answer to your question, David. I think he's just he's a super smart guy that that just exudes an aura about him that people buy into. When I think it's one of those things, it's like you know it when you see it, when you hear it, kind of one of those things just kind of carries that energy around with him. But I think one of the crazier things for Brandon Staley and another kind of feather in his cap is just the fact that he took over for Wade Phillips this season. And a lot of people, you know, might say, you know, oh, hey, that's Wade Phillips' defense. But all he did was, you know, become even much better to some extent, you know, leading the league in so many different categories. But what did you think he did specifically to take that step up from where the Rams were in the 2019 season defensively? Yeah, well, and they, I mean, to even the more point of uh, Wade Phillips, they also, you know, they let Dante Fowler walk. Uh, they cut Clay Matthews. Uh, they had all these players that they didn't bring back. They let Corey Littleton walk. They did nothing at the linebacker positions. There was a ton of question marks there. So going into the year, with an unknown guy and a lot of holes on defense that they really didn't address, there was, you know, thoughts that this could be a collapse. This could they finished like 13th underway. They thought, you know, maybe in the high 20s. And right. so what he was able to do was obviously it was a defense that was predicated on their two-star players, Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. So that was like their, if you think of a, a football field as like uh like orbiting circles. So all his his schemes and concepts kind of orbit around those two players, whether Jalen Ramsey was playing the star position in the nickel. Or they had Aaron Donald, who was obviously getting, you know, triple teamed. Everyone talks about on the defensive line. And so that orbiting around them and then it allowed other players to stick to their job and not have to overthink certain things or or do things out of their realm of, of skill set and capability. So you see guys like Darius Williams, who is, you know, a castaway from Baltimore and comes on the Rams last year. Troy Hill, who's kind of been, you know, he's in, in his like fifth year and he's kind of battled uh, to stay on the roster. Uh, guys like that who all of a sudden blossomed as as a defensive backs and um, you know, we're put in the right places and, and do things correctly. Leonard Floyd, who was a castaway and, and considered a bust out of Chicago, and now comes over here with Brandon Steely and has a double-digit sack season and, and a career year, and he's going to get paid this offseason. Um, so a lot of what he did is by using your two focal points, which is why I cannot wait to see what he does with Derwin James and Joey Bosa, um, and then using the other players to do a specific skill set skill uh, and specific job uh, so they don't have to you know stretch themselves too thin. And then the other side of that, Dan, is – because Brandon Staley played quarterback when he was in his playing days, he he coaches from like that quarterback mentality almost. So it's not a lot of defenses are kind of like reactive, whereas he can he can look at an offense and say, okay, if I'm the quarterback, I'm going to this guy. So then he can disguise stuff on defenses. So the quarterback's thinking, okay, I'm going to have this open. And then as soon as the play, it's a completely different defensive look. And that's why you see, for instance, the easiest play to describe that to is in uh, against Seattle, that Darius Williams pick six. It was He knew it was going to be a screen pass the outside, had Darius Williams, uh, you know, disguised differently. And he dropped down right when the pass was done and picked six to the house. So um, just does a lot of really special things. And the way he thinks because of some of that offensive uh, aptitude allows them to uh, really succeed. Well, all the defensive players uh, have really been the ones that have been very happy about the hire of Brandon Staley. When we look at comments on social media, it is all of the defensive stars saying they are 
ready to get to work with coach Brandon Staley. But uh, many of the Chargers, you know, fans and people around the organization were kind of expecting and wanting an offensive-minded coach so they can kind of get the most out of Justin Herbert, which is understandable. But why do you think Charger fans shouldn't be worried about Staley's ability to develop Justin Herbert? Uh, well, I think uh, part of that is, like I said, him, him playing some quarterback, so he does have some acumen in that. Uh, when you're nowadays in football, you have to know both sides. I know there's still the the gurus, the offensive gurus, the defensive gurus, but you have to be able to know both sides of this ball, especially if you're going to be a head coach. Um, so I think his actual uh, knowledge of the game is why I'd be really um, uh, remiss, or I guess I should say I would be confident that he can still develop Justin Herbert. And also, I think just the staff he's going to bring in, obviously, that's one of the interview questions when you're hiring a new guy. Okay, what are, how are you going to you know keep our sensational rookie quarterback progressing and not underdevelop him so he's going to implement a staff whether it's keeping a lot of guys on which I'm hearing some reports the Chargers have you know told coaches they want their offensive staff to stay intact I don't know how true that actually is um, but it wouldn't be the worst thing keeping guys like Pep Hamilton who's very responsible I'm sure you guys talk about it you know daily <laughs> your shows a daily shows so I don't think that'd be the worst thing keeping guys like that on but um, but I think just the fact that he played quarterback, like I just talked about how he coaches his defense to play from a quarterback standpoint will allow him to continue progressing uh, Justin Herbert. And you look at coaches like, you know, John Harbaugh, obviously Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll. Um, they've had plenty of success with uh, their quarterbacks throughout the years uh, because they put pieces in place that uh, help them develop. Uh, so I'm not worried at all about that. One, look at Sean McDermott, too. I mean, he got himself a Brian Dable, which, you know, led to the same thing. But I get what you're saying as far as, like, the disguises that Justin Herbert kind of struggled with this year, whether it was against Miami or Buffalo, a lot of those things. I mean, that's something he can specifically help with. But a lot of that will have to do with the coaches that he ends up bringing on to his staff. And we're going to ask Ryan if, you know, Staley might end up wanting to take some guys from the Rams coaching staff and much more about this Chargers latest hire, Brandon Staley being the new head coach. So we'll get into that and more coming up right after this. But before we get into that, I need to tell you guys about the only place I ever used to get any kind of auto parts, and that is rockauto.com. It's really just my favorite place because I don't know a lot about cars, but with Rock Auto, you just go to their website, rockauto.com. You put in the type of car you have. You put in the type of part that you need. And not only are they going to have it, you don't even have to leave your house. They're going to send it outside of your door, and it'll be waiting for you on your doorstep. You don't have to go and ask somebody, and they'll ask you questions you don't know. You don't have to worry about any of those things. You can go to rockauto.com. They make it super easy. And the best part is they have the same prices for everyone. They're not giving any professional discounts. It's the same for mechanics and daily drivers at rockauto.com. So all you guys have to do is go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. All right. So we left off talking about coaching staff and I do think this will be very important. we talked about it earlier on the show, you know, just as far as the chances the Chargers could try to keep Shane Steichen and keep Pep Hamilton and all of those things, which for me, I'm okay with as long as Brandon Staley wants that. You know what I mean? I don't want them forced upon him if he thinks these are the guys that can challenge him, as he's put it, defensively and make him get better, then it might be a good move. But I think a lot of, you know, the correlations that people are making right now lean towards guys that are already with the Rams. And one of the guys that has been mentioned for that is the Rams offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell. So I'm just wondering who you think he could be trying to poach and take away from 
the Rams organization as far as coaches to fill out his own staff. He makes a lot of sense just because he doesn't call plays in Los Angeles. So it'd be a move similar like uh, what Lafleur did a few years ago. He was at Rams OC, ends up doing a lateral move to Tennessee so he can be the play caller and becomes a head coach a year later. Um, so O'Connell makes a ton of sense. You know, they've worked together and then he'd be able to, you know, make his stamp on the offense. But, uh, you know, running back coach would be another decent look to br- bring over. I mean, he's been had a good time. Uh, with his short stint with the Rams, because uh, the Rams had moved on from their longtime running back coach a while back, uh, Aaron Cromer, who's the offensive line coach. Uh, we saw the Rams' offensive line go from 31st to I haven't seen the final rankings, but they're in like the top 15, even higher this year. They had some, you know, shuffling to go around. So a lot of that is because of Aaron Cromer, what he's been able to do with that unit. And uh, one thing I talked about specifically was. Uh, not to go, you know, down a down a rabbit hole here, but they drafted guys like David Edwards and Bobby Evans, who were both tackles, and both of them played both guard spots this year. So the ability to coach and get these players to be able to play multiple different positions, which I know guys on the Chargers line have done as well, uh, but be able to do it at a higher level. So, so uh, those are kind of the offensive guys. I wouldn't think too much more than that um, from the offense side. Obviously, defensive side. You know, a lot of options there if he wants to bring someone over for his D coordinator, uh, Aubrey Pleasant, who is the phenomenal CB coach, who will be a defensive coordinator, if not this year, next year, whether it's with the Rams, Chargers, or somewhere else. Uh, Eric Henderson's an awesome defensive line coach, um, so he'll be someone highly sought after as well. Joe Barry's been at D.C. twice before. He was with the Chargers before as a linebacker coach back in uh, 2011, I believe. Um, So there's familiarity there. Um, And then he would add a little bit more experience to that room, too. So... Um, you know, a lot of good options from the Rams, and uh, it just depends how much he wants to to take away from his his former uh, boss, former coach, or, or whether he wants to go out on his own. Shifting gears here a little bit to some of the fans out there that would say, you know, they would point to Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald as the reason the Rams' defense was so good. Why do you think that that's a little bit, you know, oversimplifying things, and and why that that's just probably not exactly true? Yeah, I mean it's it's certainly true to an extent because of how good of players they are, but no it question. doesn't. Yeah, but it it, it doesn't uh, speak for the fact that the other you know nine players around them who their game elevated because of how this scheme uh, benefited their play and benefited their style of play. Uh, kind of like I talked about earlier, guys like Darius Williams, Troy Hill, who have have had kind of you know tough early. Uh, parts of their career and all of a sudden they're able to come in and have Pro Bowl caliber seasons. I mean, Darius Williams, I believe, had six interceptions this year, which is unreal for a guy that no one knew of 12 weeks ago. Um, and so that by taking those two top players and using them, like I said, in that kind of circular orb, I, I don't even know if that's making sense at all, but it, it, it letting the other guys kind of work around them. And, uh, and so when you have defenses in today's NFL, every defense has at least one or two star players, and it's about how to take those star players and make the other players better around them. So that's why I mentioned earlier, I can't wait to see how Derwin James is used and, and Joey Bosa um, and how they're able to use like guys like Mike Davis, who I think could have a phenomenal year next year in this system and uh, is a solid corner anyway, but he can just elevate his game that much more because of how they use him and, and uh, how they run the nickel and the dime so often in his scheme. It, it puts a lot of emphasis on the safety play, uh, the cornerback play, and takes a lot of the pressure off maybe those middle linebackers that, you know, more traditional defenses look like. So you have, you know, faster guys out there, more athletic guys out there. You don't have to worry about the big, strong linebackers that plug holes. And so it just is a faster defense. If you watch the Rams football game, that defense is everywhere. When they, As soon as the ball carry, you have seven guys around the ball. So the cop-out answer is, yeah, they're great because of Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. But the, the real answer is Aaron 
Donald, Jalen Ramsey made the players around them better because of what the scheme allowed them to do within themselves. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it. And for him, you know, he's a guy who's constantly evolving. That's one of the things that Sean McVay loved about him. And the other part of it is, hey, he's going to have guys who he can orbit his defense around, right? I mean, he doesn't have a lockdown corner who he can just shut down a side of the field or potentially a team's number one receiver. But he's going to be able to find ways to use guys like Derwin James, Joey Bosa, even Kenneth Murray, and maybe unleashing him a little bit to make the job easier for other guys. And I think that's something exciting to see, you know, how he wants to use those chess pieces. But I also think, Ryan, and you could probably attest to this, whether, you know, it's Troy Hill or any of those guys who've done a lot better, who are you looking at on the Chargers roster right now? You talked about Michael Davis, but who are you most excited to see out there defensively when it's Brandon Staley making the calls? Yeah, well, uh, one guy you, you mentioned, Kenneth Murray, I think, uh, we had a, a pretty good rookie year, obviously over 100 tackles, and we know Got how a lot better he is. later on. Got, exactly, exactly. Started off kind of slow and improved throughout the season. Um, but remember, Brandon Staley started off as a linebacker coach, so there's going to be some some infiltration there. There's going to be some influence there on these linebackers. Uh, Drew Tranquil, another guy coming off injury. I'm excited to see. Uh, so him and Kenneth Murray. And and again, it'll be we'll know more when we know if Brandon is going to truly implement a 3-4, stick with a 4-3. And I talked about this on a different show. You know, I caution Chargers fans, don't don't fret. It's not even a traditional 3-4. They run nickel and dime over almost 90% of the time. So you don't have to worry about Joey Bosa being a stand-up guy. Like, he'll still right. be, I think, a 5-tech on the outside. And Brandon is smart enough to utilize his players correctly and not force them into a, a cog they're not going to fit in. But, um, but, yeah, Kenneth Murray is one. Uh, I'll, I'll be curious to see what they do in free agency, you know, who they keep, who they release. Um, I know Casey Hayward had a really down year this year, but I think he still has some juice left that, that they could utilize out of him if they decide to bring him back or whatnot. Um, you know, the safety position is interesting. Uh, obviously, Derwin James, they, they said they're going to pick up his uh, fifth-year option, but on, next to him, if it's going to be Jenkins, John Johnson is a free agent at the Rams. Can you imagine a John Johnson, Derwin James? Hey, save that again? for the next question, all right? You're going to have yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of guys in this defense that I'd be excited to watch. Uh, Nuosa, who he's kind of an up and down year, obviously had some injuries too, but you know, some games you're like, Oh, this is a really good pass rusher. And some games it kind of disappears. So I look to him to have a resurgence, kind of what Leonard Floyd did. So, um, any of these edge rush guys are going to be fun to watch. And then, uh, and lastly, I'll just, I don't want to name every player on the defense, but Linval Joseph, who was a great pickup, I think, and, and played very well, but just I don't want to say disappear, but just really didn't get talked about much. I mean, when you're, uh, I guess, a, a hole-plugging big defensive tackle, sure. you're not like glamorous guy out there. But um, I think he'll – we saw what Sebastian Joseph Day had a career year for the Rams, and Joseph is – no disrespect to Sebastian Joseph Day, but Linville Joseph I think is a better player, so I think he'll even elevate him as well. Yeah, Linville Joseph was one of those guys that was one of those unsung heroes. He did a lot of the dirty work and took a lot of the double teams to free up. And he probably fits better as a true nose tackle anyways in the middle of that. But Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, maybe it'll allow him to play better later in his career. But speaking of that question we were talking about, uh, the Rams right now are not in the greatest of cap situations. And you recently said that they probably were not going to be able to retain some of their internal free agents. So do you think Brandon Staley is going to try his best to try to bring or recruit some of those Ram players over to the Chargers? I think it'd be, yeah, silly not to, uh, just with the success they had. And if if Telesco and and the Charger organization are willing to pay Joey Bosa, Uchenna Nuosa, and Leonard Floyd, you know, room of edge rushers, I think is something that looks very good. 
I don't know if they can afford a guy like John Johnson. I know that's uh, he's going to get paid pretty handsomely, but but if somehow they can swing something a back in, I know there's you know the jury's still out on Nasir Adderley. He's still young, but if you can get a guy like John Johnson out of him and Derwin, that back end is you know probably the best in in football. Um, and like I said, they run so much nickel that a lot of teams will utilize you know multiple corners. And we saw the Rams until some injuries stacked up utilize three, sometimes even four safeties on the field. There's sometimes you had Jordan Fuller, John Johnson, Terrell Burgess, and Taylor Rapp all on the field at the same time. It didn't happen a ton. Usually it was three more than four, but you, if you can get those guys playing together, you play them in the box, um, they can do a lot with that. So uh, I think definitely those two would be guys that I would I would certainly look for. And yeah, it's unfortunate for the Rams because I their cap situation is abysmal, and I don't think they're going to be able to bring anybody back that's a free agent. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty bad, and that's one of the attractive things about the Chargers job too is just even going into this uncertain cap year, they're still in pretty good shape, and now they have a new coach to make some of these decisions on some of these guys they're going to bring back, and whether or not they you know they do fit with what the Chargers are going to do now. But I think you would hope, you know, if it's someone like Nazir Adderley, that now he gets a fresh start, and maybe he found a coach that can do a little bit more with him, and he can buy a little bit more into that philosophy, and I do think it might fit him better as well. But thank you again, Ryan. We really appreciated you coming on the show. You guys can follow him at Ryan Derude, D-Y-R-U-D-L-A-F-B on Twitter. And you guys can check out all the great content at LAFB.com. Just had a Tom Telesco series. I was out if you didn't see it already. Self-brag. But, you know, we're excited to have you on, Ryan. Thanks again for joining the show, man. We appreciate it. Guys, thanks so much. It was a blast. And yeah, I'll, I'll be quick, but I love that you did mention Nasser Adelaide could maybe improve because obviously I, I talk about going after John Johnson. But, but what he did with Jordan Fuller, who was a sixth-round pick, if he can turn Nasser Adderley into the player they thought he was going to be when they drafted, then you don't even have to go pay big money for a safety. So that's a, that's a great point, Dan. So, But, fellas, thanks for having me. Uh, David, great officially meeting you. Dan, obviously, uh, love talking with you and keep up the great work. And uh, we'll uh, look forward to talk Chargers again with you guys soon. All right, well, another special thank you to Ryan DeRude of the LA Football Network. You guys can check out some great content over there. That's obviously where I'm writing right now about the Chargers. You can check out my Tom Telesco piece, but definitely appreciated his point of view on Brandon Staley having covered him pretty closely over this past year. But that is going to do it for today's show. Thank you to everyone who came in and checked out this interview. We'll have more on Brandon Staley as he fills out his staff for the rest of the week, and we're excited to bring it to you guys. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. Make sure to like the Facebook page Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribing to us Wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. And make sure to rate and review. We would really appreciate it. If you guys want to get your voicemails on the show, the number for the Locked On Chargers voicemail line is 323-524-7924. And we're trying to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow to get into the latest on Brandon Staley and the Chargers. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.